0: Welcome to The Catholic Journey. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from South Sacramento. It's a beautiful blue sky day today, and it's not just a regular day today. It is Easter Sunday. And instead of just listening to me today, you have we have a couple of special guests here. And we have my brother Tim and my sister-in-law Angela, and they're visiting from San Jose. You want to say hi, guys?
1: Hey, everyone.
2: Hello.
0: This is quite a treat. You know, Some of you listeners, I've shared with you before that uh, Liz and I, you know, we lived in Guatemala and then we lived in Idaho and we'd been gone for quite a few years. And one of the things we really missed was uh, spending time with our family. And so we moved back to California and just for just this purpose. So we could be close to family and we could spend time together. And you know, you don't really realize uh, how much you miss something until you don't have it. I bet you have something in your life you can relate to in regard to that as well. But when uh, you haven't had family around for a while, um, you start noticing that, that there's a big void in your life and there's something that only family can fulfill. So I'm very happy to be back to uh, Sacramento and to be back around family. And we were able to spend the day together. And I was going to take this opportunity because these two very um, interesting and unique people are going to be doing something. They're cracking up over here. (laughs) They're going to be doing something in a couple of months um, that is pretty special. And it's something that um, is becoming more and more popular. Uh, really across the world, and um, and so I'd like to share a little bit with you about how they're preparing for this, and um, and really some of their thoughts about it as well. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about just today, and today being Easter, and what's you know so special about Easter. And um, so I was going to start first with Tim, and uh, and ask Tim a question. Um, How was your Easter this year? Was it uh, the the same as every year? Was it different in any way? You know, Lent started, you know, quite some time ago. And sometimes we... um Set expectations for Lent, and we fulfill those. Sometimes we fall a little short, but in the end, it's all about becoming cros- closer to Christ and increasing our relationship with Christ. And so, Tim, how how was your Lenten season and your Triduum? And now it's Easter Sunday. How how would you describe your journey this year?
1: Yeah, thanks, Pat. Yeah it it was it was pretty good, but it was it had some trials. Uh, work was was too long, too many hours, and I felt a little stressed on that. But uh, saying the rosary each day, each night, really helped uh, put things in perspective. And I started doing that particular thing because of our trip we did two years ago, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But that really helped uh, me focus on what was more important and not so much on the trivial stuff that was getting me down day to day. So, yeah, that was pretty good. So I would say overall Easter, uh, and especially Lent time, was pretty good for me.
0: You know, we were talking over uh, lunch a little while ago, and it was um, Pope John Paul, St. Pope. John Paul the Great now, who talked so much about the rosary and our relationship with Mary. And and he actually said, you know, the greatest weapon that we have in our times, this time of great struggle, time of great pain and temptation and conflict in the world, the weapon that we have is that that is the most powerful is the rosary. And I think so many of us forget about the rosary. We don't make it a part of our daily life. Mm -hmm. I was very, very proud the other day when I was talking to my son, Sean, and he told me It's been quite some time, many years, that he has said the rosary every single day. And gosh, for for a guy that knows, you know, that there is struggle in life and there's temptations in life, to have your children, knowing that your children are praying the rosary, it gives you great comfort as well. Well, Angela, I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot at all, and I'm not. (laughs) Angela is actually a very social, very nice person, but... um, I can tell that uh, sometimes she gets a little nervous. So I told her I was going to give her softball questions <laughs> and and she could choose to answer or not. But anyway, just in a simple way, Angela, um, was there anything special about your Easter um, this year with family or with church or an experience with a pastor or with a friend? Does anything come to mind right now about your Easter season?
2: Um, well, I'd have to say that like Tim, um, I've had some struggles this Easter season. And um, and like, well, this is a little different from Tim because um, I've always been close to uh, doing the rosary all the time. and But I really, really uh, started focusing on doing it even more, particularly for family members um, that were struggling. And um, so I feel like this Lent, um, I... I I looked inside and gave up a lot because I wanted God to work through me um through my family. I wanted him to bless them because of my constant praying for them if that makes sense. Like don't have to show me anything, but bless them for my belief if that makes sense
0: that makes all the sense in the world and you know what you (laughs) you 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 put you really um touched on something that i think could be beneficial to a lot of people in this world because so often Uh and i think maybe this has nothing to do with you guys i'm just talking in general that so often we can be you know just so much into our own head Uh or we can be so self-centered in our life and just really thinking about the things that we need personally in our life or the good things or the bad things and I think the best freedom that we can have is when we get out of our own head and we start thinking about others praying about others and looking you know to other people and so I think what you said makes a lot of sense in the world and and you know someone told me a long time ago a wise wise man said if you really want to have the most freedom in your life stop thinking about doing things for yourself but doing things for others how you can serve other people and once you do that you start finding fulfillment and joy in your life so angela i think you hit it right on the head who should we be praying for we should be praying for others first even before ourselves And that's who we are. We, as disciples, as Christians, we are to have a disciplined life and we are to care for others even more than ourselves. So what is the greatest thing that you can do in your life is to lay your life down for another. And isn't that what we're just experiencing through this triduum is what Christ did for us. He took on all of our sins so we could be freed and he laid his life down for us. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing for us to ponder today. Yes okay guys so what i'd like to get into now is tim and i had this great experience a couple of years ago we decided to walk the camino de santiago in northern spain and uh we started in madrid we flew into madrid and we took um what what was it planes trains and automobiles (laughs) and where did we go so we went to tim we went to madrid and then where did we go from there
1: we went over to pamplona and then we got on a bus we took a train and then we got on a bus and we went over to St. Yeah, Saint something. Jean Pierre des Pois. Saint
0: Jean Pierre des yeah, yeah, good memory. Yeah, so we, we went
1: over into France and that's where we started our journey. And boy, was that a uh, first day a tough one. So
0: so tell me I know I remember the first day but from your perspective Tim what what was that first day from when we got into Saint John, and we walked around a, just a little bit cuz we were eager to get going cuz I remember we went into a church and the church there and we prayed we tried to check into the office there the pilgrim office but it was closed and I think we got a sandwich and then we were really nervous because we knew that very first day was supposed to be the hardest walk of the whole trip so we were nervous about setting off. And and then, So what do, you, what do you remember from that day, Tim?
1: I remember that day. It was a little bit cool outside that day, so that was nice. We had trained, Pat and I both had trained in close to 100-degree weather before we went over there with our full pack. So we really trained hard, and we knew that it was going to be tough. So once we got into Madrid, it was very hot. But once we got up into the more northern part of Spain and then actually into France, the weather was really nice and cool. But here we go. We start walking. And I was all nervous because we had trained in that real hot weather of that we would have enough water. So I took like six liters of water, and that was that added like extra I was gonna say, ten how, pounds. I was gonna say,
0: how much does that weigh that yeah, you're climbing um, with?
1: <laughs> I think that is like 10 or 15 pounds itself. So um and our packs were like 30 pounds or 35 pounds. So we started to go and it was up and up and up, and it never stopped. It was relentless pulling all that weight up and nervous as we were knowing if we would have enough water and all this we just kept going and going and going so we went like 7-8 miles or something and then we finally hit this fantastic little hotel type albergue on the side of the hill
0: is Orison right? Orison, Orison yes in the town of Orison In the right? town of Orison yeah. and that was
1: like a dream
0: you um, know yeah I remember that and and um probably out of the whole trip i don't know if it was the best um you know uh, you know most fantastic part of the trip it it was but there were so many different aspects of the trip but i do remember for starting off the trip it was almost surreal after after exercising more than you can imagine, climbing, <laughs> climbing this hill, and we just yeah. climbed and climbed and climbed, and we got to the very top, and we get to this small little albergue in Orison, and we go there and we 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 take a shower and we we change our clothes, and we go into this quaint little kind of bar restaurant area, and the lady that was there, um, she spoke French, French yeah. and then she spoke some English too, right? Yeah, and um and she was letting us know that they do something special there all the pilgrims now you can only stay in these albergues if you're a pilgrim if you're somebody walking the camino because you have a special passport that only is given to pilgrims that proves that you're a pilgrim so you have to show these passports when you check into these albergues but anyway when we were checking in she was letting us know that they do something special there they see their little albergue as something special and it's really kind of family centered and they have some traditions there. And they said that um, after you shower, and I forget what the time it was, she said at five o'clock or whatever it was, we all gather together, all the pilgrims, and we'll eat as a family. How many pilgrims do you think were there? Oh.
1: There was... 25, 30, yeah, something. Not too many. many. That one didn't hold too many.
0: Yeah, so we all met, and for, these, for this family-style meeting, or this, for this meal, and we, we eat together. And, and Tim, share a little bit about what are some of the things that happened at that meal. Do you remember?
1: Oh, yeah. That thing was so fantastic that we all sat down, we, we all started eating. And then there was this big Irishman, thick Irish <laughs> accent, and he started singing this song for us. He had made up this song and it was about the pilgrims and about their journey. And he was singing it. All of us were just in awe how beautiful his voice was.
0: Yeah, so so I guess he had done the he was a teacher <clears throat> and I think he was retired but a few years prior he had walked the Camino and and with those memories of walking the Camino he wrote this song. And um and it was all about what it was like to to walk the Camino, the people that you were going to meet along the way, the spirituality of the Camino, the the difficult things, the easy things and it was anyway, but he had a little um uh, chorus in there And this was the most amazing thing And it almost seemed like it came right out of a movie Is that he 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 Kind of shared what the chorus was And then he started singing the song And then he would gesture when the chorus Was supposed to come in and the whole Room now you got to remember These are people from all over the world We've never met before We're there on a common A common event you know we're all Walking the, the, the Camino together But we all chime in and sing this chorus and um and it was the most beautiful thing and um and it went on and it, it just seemed so surreal that it was so beautiful and then at some point when it was over they said the other tradition is is let's go around the room and you have to say what country you're from do you remember that oh, Tim?
1: yeah i do remember that and um and how many different countries oh, did were people from in yeah, that room yeah there seemed like there was um maybe two people would be from the same country, but almost every other person was from a different country. I would say out of the 25 people, yeah. there was probably 20 different countries. That's what
0: I was thinking. Yeah. And, and for us all to come together, to sing together, and for it to be so beautiful, it was truly surreal. It yeah. was like something
1: you'd see in, in a movie. And that's how we started our Camino. Yeah, that was the first day, <laughs> And I think even some of the people didn't even speak English. And they sang the chorus. Somehow,
0: some, it connected with them and they could do it. It was kind of miraculous in some regard. Anyway, so yeah. <clears throat> we could have a whole other podcast, Tim and I, about yeah. all the events. There were some really miraculous things that happened while we were walking across uh, northern Spain. And um, But I did want to get back to Angela, and I wanted to ask her a question. because So Tim and Angela are setting off to walk this Camino. When are you guys leaving? August 1st. August 1st. And you guys are going to do... <clears throat> The Camino, there's a lot of different aspects to it. It, um, There's no really set starting point and ending point because there's many different trails and ways that you can do it. The idea is, though, it all ends in Compostela, and that's where St. James' body... by tradition, is is said to be buried there. And, and we did see it, Tim and I did. So there's a lot of different routes, but one of the most famous routes is the Camino Francis. And you can start that one in France, like Tim and I did, or you can start it at different legs along the way. There's another popular place to start. And, and what's that other popular place? Yeah, it starts in Saria. And Saria, and why, why is that a popular place to start, Tim? Do you know?
1: Uh, well, I know that it is the... A, li- a little bit more than the minimum you need to complete to get your compostela at the end. And what is a compostela? A compostela is it's an ancient
0: certificate. Yeah, for <clears throat> your spiritual walk completion yeah. of your walk. Yeah. So this is so we we probably didn't mention it before. This is this is an ancient spiritual pilgrimage that people have been doing for over a thousand years and when people would finish their walk as a pilgrim you would get this special certificate and it's written in latin um i believe in latin i'm looking at mine on the wall right now and um and and it's and it's signed and it's proof that you did complete the pilgrimage well and a lot of people this this is very meaningful um, it's very meaningful just to do the walk and the spiritual elements of it. But you also, you know, especially us Americans, we like certificates. Yeah. <laughs> we, we like things to prove that we did something, and they're very beautiful. So, so starting in Sa- Saria is the minimum distance that you have that you can walk to qualify to get
1: the certificate yeah and how long of a walk is that so that one the minimum part is 100k so 62 miles saria is 118k out so it's a little bit further so it's like 74 miles or so
0: and that's where you guys are going to start that's where we're going to start okay yeah. <clears throat> so here's my softball question angela <laughs> So, so Tim and I have done this, and we've shared some things with you, and um, and I will let you know that some of the things that I thought were going to be the most difficult things were actually some of the easiest. And some of the things that I thought were going to be easier, I didn't give much thought to it, ended up being a little difficult. And I'll I'll tell you, I'll give you an example of that. Um, Most of us think like hiking or climbing is much harder than walking on flat ground. Isn't that what most of us would think? Like, hey, I can only climb so much, but I could walk on a flat trail or flat forever and ever and ever. (laughs) What I found was going up and climbing or going up and down was a lot easier on my body than doing flat all day. And if you really think about it, because we were walking anywhere from, gosh, 15 to 25 25. miles a day. If you walk flat for 20 miles a day, it's the same pressure point on your foot, and your Mm. feet will begin to ache, much different than if you're doing rolling hills and changing those Mm. pressure points. So I found when I would see a hill i wouldn't be in in fear i was thankful because it was a lot easier than those flats of walking so what i'm getting at is some things that you think are difficult you find out are easier and some things that you think are easier might be more difficult so my question for you angela is is there something not having done this walk yet or this hike or this pilgrimage that you're a little worried about is there any thoughts of something that you've been a little worried about because of the unknown maybe
2: well, um, definitely the unknown because um, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. I'm going to uh, live out of a backpack for, you know, five, six, seven days, whatever it is. Oh, Like um, almost, yeah, 12 yeah, 12 days, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you there, didn't tell her that part? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell her that.
1: <laughs> Just the, for the first, like, five um, days, I think. Yeah.
2: So uh, there's that element. Um, there's... Uh, I mean, I'm afraid of being sick. I'm going to be in a different country. Um,
1: This is your first time in Europe.
2: Yeah, first time in Europe. There's just so much. I heard um, you were
1: excited about the (laughs) albergue.
2: I was just going to say that. Then there's that, sleeping with a bunch of people i don't know makes me yeah because that's
0: that's really quite different now albergue i've never really heard that term before i think i think what i always uh, what i know it is now though is it's it's something similar to what most of us think are hostels you know a place that's cheap to stay where a lot of people stay there (laughs) and the accommodations are nothing fancy um but um but actually I, i found that um the albergues were one of the things that I actually enjoyed the most. And I was probably with you, Angela, although I was in the military, so I've lived in barracks yeah. and things yeah. like that. So, But I was just wondering what that was going to be like. But I did find that I thought it was delightful because um, you're at the end of the day, you're meeting these people from all around the world, and you're all... There was something about the quality of the people that we were spending time with, because it doesn't matter if they were attorneys or teachers or janitors in their home country or whatever they did. They were, We were all there for a similar purpose. And it was a purpose of we were on pilgrimage. We weren't worried about our jobs. We weren't worried about money. We were there because there was somebody or something calling us to go on this journey. And it's and just because of what it is, it is a prayerful journey. You have a lot of time you're thinking about God, you're self-reflecting about your own life. Um, some of your failures and faults will come just to the surface because you have so much time to think about things, but also your blessings in your life you'll start thinking about. And for many of us, we can fill our life with so much stuff and distractions and just things going on. We have a hard time just, just looking at life in all, reality how am I as a human being what is my relationship like with Christ how am I serving my purpose here in this world and and I think it takes pilgrimages or retreats where there's just endless quiet and time to contemplate to think about these things anyway so we were all together we're people from all over the world on the same quest and we were talking about things and sometimes the, the most deep spiritual things were just so fulfilling so all that being said, Angela, I think I agree with you uh-huh. <laughs> so what is one thing Angela that you're really not worried about is there something about going away on this trip with Tim that you really you think that's not uh, that's not something I'm going to worry about
2: I think my safety I think that um, I'm going with somebody who already has experience so that makes me feel um, really really positive about it that um, I have somebody firsthand who's had that experience, so that comes to mind. Um,
0: I have one more question for you. So, <laughs> you've probably thought about this, or maybe you haven't. <clears throat> but um, if you if you could pray for or want one thing to happen on this trip, um, to maybe see something more clear, clear, and you don't have to go into detail, but to to be able to to grow closer in your relationship with Christ, grow closer in your relationship with Tim. It's What's the purpose? Why would you want to do this trip? Or are you doing it just for Tim? (laughs) What are are your thoughts?
2: Uh, Well, I guess there's several thoughts on that. Um, Definitely not doing it for Tim. I'm doing it for myself to to step out of that comfort zone. Um, But you kind of touched on something, um, like I said, because I've been going through some things this last month, and um, and maybe I hope to come back and and stop filling my life with so busy, so much busyness, so much um, every minute of the day uh, busyness. So maybe some things that are good, but maybe some things that aren't. And focus maybe more on personal things.
0: I think that's a wonderful, wonderful desire. I know Liz at. Uh At lunch today, was sharing a little bit, or maybe it was before lunch, about when we, you know, we've been missionaries for a long time and going to Guatemala um, for the summers for many, many years. And one year in particular, I think we went for a month. And Liz was saying it was almost painful when the distractions of her life were taking away Mm -hmm. from her, and she was just left with just herself. And and you know, sometimes you know, Saint John of the Cross talks about the dark night of the soul. Dark night of the senses, and it's a part of our spiritual journey. And a lot of times, people will think, "Well, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to ache. I don't want to see my own faults." But Saint John of the Cross talks about that is a necessary part of our journey. That God, from time to time, give us consolations in our life, things that will help us feel good, will build us up. But at other times, He will back away. He will pull His presence back away from us. And sometimes, for us to see our own darkness and our faults in our life. And there's a reason for that. The reason for that is it helps us see us for who we are, and it helps us to see in contrast of who God is calling us to be. And when we see that contrast and we ache in our hurt sometimes of how we've turned away from God, it it helps us to want to ever grow more closer to Christ in our life. And so I think that's one of the things we need to think about, especially as Americans, because we always want Um, instant gratification we always want to feel good that's why so many people have problems with addictions and overeating and all this because we don't we don't can't stand for delayed gratification but i think it's those times in our life that god does withdraw himself from us and that we do have ache and pain in our life that draws us closer to god and helps us grow Very so um Okay, so Tim, <clears throat> yes. you are a veteran of the Camino. Camino. Camino <laughs> what, <laughs> what is one thing that you're hoping uh, that Angela will um, experience on this trip?
1: Oh, I like that question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that is a good question. I'm hoping that she can, in her own way, experience the things that we experienced, the miracles we saw along the way, people directing us, coming out of nowhere, uh, pointing us to things that we would have never seen on our own. Um, like you said, we could go over a whole different podcast on that, on the, our journey, but that's what I'm really hoping for her that she sees these miracle type things uh, just thrust upon us just out of nowhere. Could you, could
0: you give one example? I, I'm yeah. putting you on the spot because, um, you know, I probably know 80% of the things that I think that you're thinking of because I think we had some individual things too. But it what was one thing that comes to mind right now that you thought was just a miraculous thing during our trip?
1: Okay. I, I We had talked about another one earlier, but I'll talk about a different one this time is we were going down this path and and the easiest part of the path was to continue to the left everybody was going to the left out of nowhere coming the opposite direction a lady told us how to get to this church on top of this hill but you have to climb this really hard and steep path to do it and we said well she must have came here for some reason so we did it and it was (laughs) tough climbing that we were tired already everyone's going to the left and going down so we go up And oh my gosh, the thing we found, that church was so fantastic, and I cannot believe what we saw inside. It it just blew me away, and we would have not seen that at all. Um that was fantastic and i thought miraculous
0: and where did that lady come from it was just it was just remarkable because we were in the middle of nowhere in this isolated trail it was the trail of the camino but she wasn't a pilgrim she was actually a local person and walking in the opposite direction and why she even chose to stop and talk to us and and um yeah I, i agree that was a miraculous miraculous day well you can't believe it time goes by so fast we're already to the end of our podcast I'd like to thank Tim and Angela for being a part of this and thank you listeners out there for being a part of our life I would like to share um, my blessings to you and I hope that your week is wonderful and that in some way you can be a reflection of God and his love to those in your life may God bless you and until next week see ya from the Catholic journey